As a kid, summertime was always more than just being out of school. It was a chance to enjoy the great outdoors and the warm summer weather that came with it. Being outside, however, didn't mean you leave your toys behind. We hope you enjoy another episode in our summertime fun time series, all about summer toys. So grab your sunglasses, your favorite toys, and tell your mom you'll be home when the streetlights come on. This is Wayback Attack. To Wayback Attack. My name is Brian Grantham, and sitting across from me in cyberspace is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to get wet? I, I knew you were going to do that. I thought it was going to be a little bit more wet and wild. <laughs> um, so I am always ready to get wet and wild, um, especially in the summer, especially when it's 90 degrees outside and 100% humidity. Yes, I, I I originally wanted to say wet and wild, but at the very last second, I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stick with wet." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want this man getting too wild for everybody. Yeah, here, so. let's keep it PG-13 <laughs> and not go full R. Yeah, I got it. Uh, well, man, it's good to be back. Uh, thank you, listeners and viewers, for um, letting us take a break there for a week to raise awareness where issues are more important than talking about toys. Mm -hmm. um, and other fun stuff like that. Um, glad to see some momentum on social media and and good things coming out in the world finally. So, but uh, I'm glad to be back in this seat with my co-host way across cyberspace. And as we mentioned in this intro, this is going to be the second of our summertime fun time series. And um, have you already started any sort of summertime activities, Brian? I have uh, a couple. Uh, so uh, leading up to summer. Um, my girlfriend and I have been buying different things for the kids, like uh, what, like a kiddie pool and stuff like that. And that kind of like the kiddie pool has been out longer than summer has uh, been around. And so it's kind of messed up because um, we had filled it up at one point, like there was a hot day or something like in March or something, you know, before everything happened. And so we filled it up and then, and then it got too cold again. And so, um, the dog really liked drinking out of it. And so I flipped it over cause I didn't want mosquitoes laying eggs in it. We got a, we got a slip and slide style toy that, um, it is very short surprisingly, but like my front yard is on a hill. And so, uh, <laughs> what you do is you fill, you, you like attach a hose to it and like the top part fills up with water and then it has like holes that run down the side that squirt water into the slip part. But like it was a couple. It was a couple weeks ago. It may have been when I was setting up stuff for the, our last episode that we did. And I get a, I like, we have Google Homes, like, all throughout the house. And so I get a broadcast. You need to come outside right now. And the top part had, like, rolled down the hill. And, like, one of the kids tried to stop it. And, like, their arms got stuck underneath it because it's just, like, this giant pillow of water. And so <laughs> it was it was a nightmare. But we're going to well, try when it you again. Told me that when you told me that it, your, your front yard is on a an incline or a, a decline like a hill i had a vision of like clark griswold going on the sled you, <laughs> you hit that slip and slide and you just see a streak of light and you get propelled out of your yard that'd be fun yeah um, i totally but, would do that yeah <laughs> and I, I i always like hanging out in a little kiddie pool wetting my toes and, and mm -hmm. keep them cool splashing around but i hate 
the cleanup because you always get those grass clippings in there and it's always muddy water by the time you're done and you're just like <laughs> i'm just ready to throw it away after one use <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I hate those things. Um, I think what'll probably happen is during the summer, uh, like what we'll open the door to let the dog in the backyard, and then when we let the dog back in, it'll just be soaking wet because he'll have been laying in the pool or something like that. I just know what's gonna happen at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't gotten my dogs around water enough to know if they would be down to um, hop in the pool. Um, although my dog Murphy, one time, he's a little Boston Terrier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took him over to someone who's going to dog sit him for a week while we went on vacation a couple years ago. And <laughs> that was the funniest thing. Uh, you know, he got to feel out the place and, and then I let him out the back door and he ran on their back deck all the way down to their pool <laughs> and did not realize how pools work and just completely like lost his footing and went straight in and the the look on his face when he came out of the pool of like the ground has betrayed me what is happening is priceless and i'll never forget it so um he may be traumatized for pools for all i know but was he was he fine though because i so i have a rat terrier and i used to have another like mixed dog i don't it was like some it was, it was it seemed like a Jack Russell mixed with something, and they both uh -huh. like if you put them in the water, they would like like zone out almost like they were having a seizure, and they would just be like like you would pick them up out of the water, and they would just like be moving their arms real slow and stuff. Like they would have like panic attacks if you put them in the water because I was like I need to teach them how to get out of the pool in case they ever fall in, and then after that I was like I just not they'll just have to like. Well, the instinct kept his head above water. I don't know if it was a pleasurable experience or not. It certainly didn't look like it. So I don't know if he'll be back. But um, yeah, and you know, I don't have a pool at my house, but um, we have the horrible honor of um, some friends of ours going out of town this week. And, you know, we have to go check on their house. Nice. And they have a pool. And, uh, you know, it's hard when you have to go water their tomato plants and then go um, <laughs> sit and swim in their pool for an hour every day so mm -hmm. um i actually haven't gotten to go yet but that's going to be tomorrow tomorrow's my day off so i'm going to be enjoying some some sun and some some waves nice pools i love pools man like i i like going swimming at night when it's like not super hot outside and just like chilling out in a pool pools are my friend yeah this is the perfect weather where it's it's hot enough to where it feels gross outside um and the water is not so cold that it doesn't take a long time to get to get back to you know feeling good mm -hmm. but anyway well um you know we talked a lot about different topics to talk about during summertime and um i know we've got some fun ones in store for us but this one i thought it'd be fun to reminisce a little bit about summertime toys now there's a lot of summertime toys and a lot of them as we came to the conclusion planning out this episode a lot of them did involve water so um pool toys different stuff like that um we'll talk about one we've already mentioned in a, in a little bit in more detail but there are a few things that didn't make the cut and i was wondering um if you had ever dealt with some of my honorable mentions so here we go some honorable mention summertime fun time toys First one out the out the box is Willie the. Do you uh, remember Willie the water bug? Willie the water bug. So I do not 
Uh, I do not remember Willie the Waterbug per se. Uh, I do remember um, the uh, the these type of toys, right? So right. you the ones where the hair's going all crazy and stuff like that when you're um, when you attach the hose to them or whatever. But this specific toy, I'm not that familiar with. Yeah, me me too. This was just the one that I could source. Uh, and it was also um, recommended to us by uh, a Twitter follower, Pop Goes the Culture. They have a great podcast. Check them out. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't necessarily remember this specific one, but the feature where the water is whipping like hair tendrils um, mm. all around and it's uncontrollable. I love those because, um, you know, sprinklers, they're great. They're yeah. great to cool off, but they're predictable. Right. And I like a little bit of variety in my life. And I like to pretend that I'm dodging bullets left and right. Um, it was impossible to stay dry, but you could still try to dip, duck, dodge, mm -hmm. dive. And what was the fifth <laughs> from dodgeball? Anyway, I digress. Uh, so that was, <laughs> I don't think that's the fifth D. Uh, so next one on my list, everybody loves bubbles, right? But yeah, who wants to spend 10 minutes talking about bubbles? But I will mention the, the it's not just bubbles. It's specifically, it's the giant bubble wand. Did you ever have one of the giant bubble wands? I'm not talking about the like the long tubes that are about a foot long now that they sell at Target or whatever. I'm talking about it would make a bubble that's three or four feet wide. I used to make them um, with like a wire hanger. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And so, uh, you know, like you pour the, the, you would just have regular bubble soap or whatever and put it like essentially in like a, um, painter pan or something like that, or a cooking sheet and then, uh, and then make a, a, a hoop and then do like run with it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely something that you can easily make because it's, it only requires, like you said, a coat hanger, some rope, and basically you just get a, a long piece of rope and make a U on another, like a straight edge, like a piece of wood or, or plastic or whatever. And you dip the rope all in soapy water, have it together, spread it apart, and then run with it, and you're good to go. But those things were always amazing to me. And I, uh, it puts other bubbles to shame. So shout out, honorable mention, to Giant Bubble Wand. Um... Do you have another um, honorable mention, Brian? Have you thought of one? Well, I'm so I'm going to steal your next one because <laughs> these these things were the bomb for me. All right, so I'm I'm going to um I'm going to combine. Uh, you have the giant styrofoam glider and the mini styrofoam planes. So uh, when the arcade I used to go to in Key West when I was a kid was Magic Carpet Golf, and the number one thing that I spent tickets on were the styrofoam planes. I love those things. All like the World War Two like planes and all that stuff right uh -huh. but those giant styrofoam gliders we would go a lot of like on during summer trips we would go to like orlando and stuff a lot and you know you go to like i guess nowadays it would be like downtown disney or, and stuff but like you know you, you would go to those types of places where they would have those giant styrofoam planes that they were probably like a hundred dollars or something like that they were super exp i remember them being expensive overly expensive and then just like going out to a parking lot and throwing them maybe five times and then it breaking so uh if you don't know instantly what we're talking about 
reached back into your memories to America's Funniest Home Videos, where the people throw these giant white planes and then they do a loop, come back and hit them in the butt. Because yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot. Yep. The giant gliders. My sister had one. I didn't have one. My sister had one. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be able to to conscript it and, and use it on my own a few times. But yeah, I, I don't know that they were like $100, but they were definitely way more expensive than they needed to be. And whoever was selling those was making a racket. But, um, you know, the, the two wings came off and you could put it back on. Um, but those were great, man. And just seeing how far you can get just on the air. And I always love paper airplanes and having a, a true form fitting glider was great, but no, not to put any of those little tiny styrofoam planes to shame. Cause those things can actually go too. Mm. Um, I want to say that they were really cheap. Like there was a, a fancy toy store in my, um, town outside of Chicago. And they, this is one of those toy stores that didn't sell like GI Joe. They sold like, you know, model trains and they had Playmobil and they had like fancy castles and stuff, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, and I really couldn't afford anything in there cause everything was so expensive. Um, and it wasn't the type of transformers or GI Joe's I wanted, but they always had those 25 cent styrofoam planes that you put together and all different kinds. Most of them were like Hellcats or like, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had the, the face art painted on them like fighter pilots yep. and, uh, they just had that little nubbin of a propeller that you stuck on the end, gave them a little weight and off you go. Hey, cheap fun. If they got broken, it didn't matter, but those were really cool. So shout out, (laughs) shout out to styrofoam planes. Let me ask you a question because based off of what you said, it seemed to me like your goal with those big, uh, the giant styrofoam ones was to see how far you could make them go. Was that your goal? Oh man, I'm the total opposite. I'm all about how many loops can you do? Like when you make a paper <laughs> airplane, are you trying to see how far it can go? Or do you make like the cool ones that are like folded over and like have the wings up and stuff like that? Oh yeah, I do some of that. But I always thought it was for longevity. Like you want to see not not necessarily how far it go with the paper airplanes, but mm-hmm. how long you can keep it in the air. Oh. That was always my goal for that one. See, I'm always oh, with, I'm with, like throwing it sideways, trying to catch it coming back to me and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I was all about the tricks, son. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, so do you have a, another topic? I do. So uh, I wanted to bring up skateboards, and it's going to be similar to the next one that you talk about. But uh, for me, um, I primarily uh, this this skateboard that I use the most was just like some Nash board that I had. Uh, but, um, I wound up going through a couple different ones. Like I had a banana board for a while at some point, and then someone gave me some other boards, but my favorite thing during the summers, like me and my friends, when I lived in, um, like this is like third and fourth grade when we lived in, uh, in Vestavia Hills is we would go, uh, up like it was a very hilly area and you could, we would go up these hills and then just have, uh, we would like sit down and basically like just just bomb these hills like by laying down on our boards, and it's amazing that none of us ever got hit by a car because we never had anybody stand at the base of that hill and like stop traffic serious? or anything. We would just oh be like, gosh. "Oh, I hope no one's there." <laughs> and so, um, wow. like, that was, Dude, that you was have, so much fun. You have used at least seven of your nine lives <laughs> from the stories I've heard. At, at some uh, point. At some point, I busted my head open pretty good, um, and I still have like a scar on this eyebrow. Uh, but um, <laughs> but that that was a, that was a fun story. But um, now yeah, that we're man, parents, my skateboard. 
now that we're both parents, do you look back at those stories and go, oh my gosh, how stupid was I? Um, well, so, I mean, like, I'm just shocked that I'm, that I have made it this long. It is amazing to me. Um, (laughs) and so like, it is crazy. Like a lot of the stuff, man, like setting fires and sewers and just all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Like, like one of my friend's dad was like, that's so dangerous. There's like sewer gas and stuff that could explode down there. And we're like, ah, whatever. (laughs) You were that bad neighborhood kid that other kids couldn't play around, weren't you? No, I was the cool neighborhood kid. <laughs> Kids loved. <laughs> okay. All right. So last honorable mention, and this is the last of the very generic ones, but last honorable mention, shout out to BMX bikes. Because when you're a kid, where else, uh, what else can you use to take you around with the freedom of mobility like a BMX bike, especially in the 80s? And, I, and bikes, yes. Shout out to bikes. But I'm talking BMX bikes. Like, that was the end-all, be-all. I am proud to say that I did own a BMX bike, as uncool as I am, um, and was back at the time I had a BMX bike. Um, But we're going to keep this as an honorable mention because we're teasing the next episode. So we're taking a little diversion in the Summertime Fun Time series, but still kind of under that umbrella because the official Blu-ray of Rad, the movie is being released by Vinegar Syndrome, and I just got my shipping confirmation that my two copies are on the way. Two copies, you ask? That's weird. Well, that's because I'm going to watch one, and we're going to give away one here on the show um, to our listeners. So stay tuned for that for next episode. We'll have a special rad-tastic episode of the show. Um, But yeah, those kind of wrap up all of our honorable mentions, and I think it's time to get into the big league, the heavy hitters of Summertime Toys. On those occasions when you need to make a big splash, there's the Super Soaker 100. It has a powerful air pressure system. Oh, Buffy! A range of up to 60 feet. And a drenching spray. The Super Soaker 100. It's a water gun of a higher caliber. Also the 50 or the ultimate, the 200. All right, so I'm going to keep my theme from last episode for the summer camps, and uh, I'm going to talk about something that was developed by NASA, and that is the Super Soaker. Did you know it was a, <laughs> it was made at NASA or by someone that worked at NASA? I knew no, I did not know it was by someone who worked at NASA uh, until I researched it, and technically, it was the Jet Propulsion Lab. Mm-hmm. of nasa is where this guy worked but yeah that's crazy yeah you know like people talk about um you know the different parts of like government like nasa and the military and stuff like that and so much of our technology comes from things that they develop for whatever mission that they're doing and stuff like that and the super soaker is is one of those things so um it was made uh by or it was invented by lonnie johnson and basically uh he was working on a um like this like cooling uh this cooling thing and uh he realized that using these tubes and this pressure it squirted water really fun he thought that that was really cool and thought that it would be very fun for kids to be able to do that and so he um 
he worked with it for a while and I, he still has the original uh the original one that he mocked up and he has his his kids played with it and stuff like that back then but in 1989 uh him and designer William Rauchy uh, came up with the prototype that had PVC pipe, acrylic glass, and an empty plastic soda soda bottle, and uh, and they they thought they had a hit. And they were super excited about this thing. It, it, it basically revolutionized toy uh, water toy water guns uh, because up to that point, man, like the water hardly went so far. You had to like squirt it a whole bunch. And water guns were cool, but they were not like like this. This revolutionized water gun toys. So did did you have a super? Yeah, soaker? I think I think kids today will probably um, not appreciate how groundbreaking this was for the time because we exper we experienced that shift of you know dinky little squirt guns to high pressurized water that shot a stream, you know, twenty plus feet. It was it was amazing, and and that's why this sold so well because it was so groundbreaking. Everybody had to have one, and if you didn't have one, you were a chump. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm glad to say that I had one. Um, if you were able to watch the video there at the end, they showed uh, kind of the the product supply, and I had the 200 man. I had the double uh, the double canister mm -hmm. Giganto one. Yeah, how those, about you? Those toys. I so I had a couple different ones. Um, I don't remember when the hand handgun one came out. Uh, but because there was there was you had the big ones, and those are the most uh, fun because you just be like sitting there. Yeah, going, that's the 100, going. right? Yeah. And I then think that's um, the 100. They had the 50, which is the smaller one, the yeah. the, the handgun version. Yeah. And and that was always nice because that was your backup. And so, uh, and you know, <laughs> be, being a kid having like multiple guns on you is like fun because you know we sh we shouldn't have been watching them, but you see all like the Schwarzenegger movies and stuff back then, like through the 80s. Yeah. And, and so like and they're always doing that. They're like shooting, dropping the gun, taking out the handgun, and you wanna you wanna you know mimic that stuff. So. Um, the uh, the two hundred with the double barrel because mm -hmm. it was so heavy it had a um, it had a strap on it mm -hmm. and I felt like I was Jesse Ventura in Predator <laughs> carrying that thing it being so giant for me and just spraying everybody <laughs> and then you could even buy um, extra water canisters did you know that and you could have like mm -hmm. a bandolier of extra yep. water bottles um, so that was really 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 fun yeah the uh, so the Super Soaker was awesome because. Um, it first went on sale in 1990, uh, and it was originally called the Power Drencher, and then um, or the Shaw because it's of its ability to shoot straight and narrow. But you know, if you think about it, man, the Super Soaker, like when I look at that item, I think 90s, just like how yes. bright and like like those colors, the specific colors of the of the era and stuff like that. And it's so funny because you know I don't remember when we talked about it, but we talked about how a lot of times there's like this like delay into like whatever generation or whatever decade and for like the style and, and how you see a bleed over and stuff. But man, the super soaker from the start was like, was like, this is a nineties toy. You know what I'm saying? So, cause yep. like when I see that, it makes me think of like hypercolor and that kind of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff looking back at the nineties aesthetic that I'm like, man, we need to bring that back. Cause it, it faded out of fashion pretty quick, but yeah. it's, it's tight, man. I love it. I think it's bright. I love the kids' colors, and uh, yeah, it's just synonymous with the time. Yeah. The, um, um, oh, were you gonna say something? No, go ahead. Okay. 
So the uh, so they wound up changing the name of it to the Super Soaker in '91, and then they that's when they started putting out all the the TV or TV ads and stuff like that. And they wound up uh, getting um, two million water guns being sold uh, in '91. So that was just like it taken off and everyone having to buy one. Um, and the cool thing about the Super Soaker was like it retained the popularity that it had. It wasn't just like some fad because like the product itself like filled a need, right? And because yep. it revolutionized everything and changed everything, it wasn't something that people were like, oh, Super Soaker, oh, who cares anymore? And so um, they were so popular that the term Super Soaker is used generically similar to like Band-Aid or Coke and that kind of thing uh, to be used for um, pressure any pressurized water gun uh, because there over the years there have been tons of knockoffs and uh but you know people will still refer to them as super soakers so no man they deserve their place in history and and i'm glad to know that that guy that inventor was able to quit his job and just be an inventor from then on and mm -hmm. uh, bask in that wealth and uh yeah man it was great um is that all you've got on super soaker that is it on super soakers okay well i i tacked on an addendum here underneath super soaker because it's not necessarily worthy of its own, especially when you have the Super Soaker, which is the behemoth of all water guns. But I thought it important to note um, another very interesting water gun in history, and it's it's uh, by a group called Intertech, which was a realistic battery-powered water gun released by LJN starting in 1985. Check out the commercial. to 25 feet of firing power and water clip for fast loading. And now the water grenade set. Pump them up and let them fly. So anybody watching and listening now may know that um, toy guns now have to have a yellow or orange cap on the tip. Um, and that is a holdover from these guns. So Intertech and their battery-powered water guns that they released were so realistic that sadly a lot of kids um, were killed mistakenly thinking that it's a real gun uh, mm -hmm. by cops. There were, there's actually a New York Times article um, in 1988 uh, that mentions three specific ones. And um, so after all of that, the industry first took a stand and said, uh, so Toys R Us was like, we're not selling any realistic guns anymore. Um, so, and before that, New York City and other states have already implemented bans on um, realistic toy guns. They can't be silver or black. They have to be different colors. But that was, <laughs> I mean... That was what was cool about these guns mm -hmm. is that they looked like the real thing. They looked like Uzis and they looked like Colt 45s. And they not only um, did they look cool, but they were automatic firing. Mm -hmm. So we mentioned earlier about what a bummer it was to have to do a squirt, 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 squirt. These were battery powered and you could just hold down the trigger and it automatically fired. Did you have one of these, Brian? 
I did. I had an Uzi. Um, and so I think one of the cool things too was the fact that the cart, like, like they had clips basically that you would fill with water. And so like, and so you would, you had that cool thing of like dropping the clip and putting the new clip in and then, and then going on. Um, but yeah, I had the Uzi one. I remember my dad bought it for me one summer. Uh, and I got in trouble because, um, when I got back to my mom's house and it was no longer summer anymore, uh, my friend Jeff thought it was awesome. And so I traded him that Uzi for Mike Tyson's punch out. And then I got in trouble for doing it. And so oh. then I had to go get it back. I had to do the walk of shame to his house oh, and be like, no. I need to get my Uzi back. <laughs> oh man. Well, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I had one of the, you know, realistic guns, I don't remember which one. I want to say it was probably the Uzi. Um, but I know for a fact, after they made the change, because, you know, if you're a toy retailer and Toys R Us says, uh, we're not going to carry your toy anymore, you got to adapt because you're going to lose tons of market share. Um, and so LJN did, and they decided, all right, well, we'll take the same guns and we'll just make them look completely, completely fake like a toy. So with the same mold, they just changed their color scheme and they went to bright neon colors, but the same functionality. So they had the um, the the traditional look, but just bright colors. So this one that's showing right now, this is the green and blue one that I had as a kid. I loved it. Um, and like Brian mentioned, it had the clip that would come in and out. Um, but what's crazy is that these neon ones now, uh, if eBay is any indicator, they actually sell for more than the realistic ones. Um, maybe because they were produced in limited in uh, lower quantities and maybe because kids didn't want them. You know, that's one of the things that we see that's rarer now is uh, toys and collectibles or things that people didn't buy. And right. so nobody has one. And so now they're, they sell for more money. And I think that might be the case here because kids are like, I don't want this thing. It looks super fake. I want to look real like G.I. Right. Joe or commando or whatever yeah um, it's it was crazy for this line because you know you gave the kids a taste of the good the good ones and then mm -hmm. you know you go like probably like a next couple months like maybe next month you go up there and it's like all the good ones are gone and these are in the place and it's just like well that's lame i don't want that yeah yeah um so you can still find these on ebay um but they cost you a pretty penny i don't and i know that Sale price is different than asking price, but some of the, some of the asking prices range from eighty bucks for that one that I showed missing its clip to um, three hundred dollars for for a complete one. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, <laughs> check it out if you haven't already, and um, bow down to the the last gun set before the the orange tips. But it was a good time. All right, moving on. Sorry about that. I got super click happy. And no one's tougher than the Sky Patrol Havoc, the Blazing Skyhawk, Sky Shark, and Sky Raven. No one outside! Sky Patrol! Sky Patrol! Patrol figures come with parachute vehicles sold separately. G.I. Joe Sky Patrol. So Sky Patrol is one of the many G.I. Joe subsets that they released. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Tiger Force on a previous episode. So this was a later edition um, where they they reused existing vehicles, existing figures. Um, for the figures, all they did was give them um, a new head, but all the bodies were um, from previous Joes. And they gave them a brand new paint scheme, and you're good to go. For Sky Patrol, um, the vehicles, they were all painted to be like a metallic chrome color, so they were really cool. Um, and those those uh, vehicles were the Skyhawk, the Sky Raven, the Sky Shark, and interestingly enough, the Sky Havoc, which is a ground vehicle. So I don't know why they're going with the Sky theme for something that stays on the ground, but they did anyway. Um, we'll talk about the figures in a second, but Brian, did you have any of these figures, or do you remember these figures? Uh, I don't really – no, I never had these figures, and I, I don't think I remember them. And when I first was looking at the notes, I was like, well, that's weird that G.I. Joe, to be on a summer toy thing. But when I think about it, the majority of the Joes that I ever got was always during summer. And I think it was because I was I was able to go out places and buy things with my own money a lot of times, like to Eckerd's and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so um, and so I bought G.I. Joe's pretty much only during the summer and so uh and so i was like wow that's cool that makes sense to me but yeah i, I never i never saw these sky patrol ones but they did have a ke- uh, catchy song well you you brought up a good point why should gi joes be on a summertime toy list um well it's not all gi joes uh you know you get get them anytime for birthdays or christmas or whatever and i did but i put this one on here in particular because the figures are the linchpin here mm-hmm. so the figures all came with a backpack with a parachute and it was like a real deal parachute that you could throw the guy up in the air and he'd float down on his parachute and that is not something you can do in your house in 32 degree weather Mm -hmm. this is definitely something that needs to be outside and i associated it with with summer of taking these guys out in the backyard tossing them up in the air letting the parachutes fall where they can um and it was pretty cool toy and you know sky patrol is definitely not the first time that gi joe did parachutes they had parachutes for the big you know 12 inch figures back in the day but this is the one that i remember right i remember um so going through the figures real quick they had these characters called skydive airborne airwave altitude drop zone and static line and they were all reissues um minus a custom sculpted head of existing figures. So Skydive was a Gyro Viper body. Airborne was Lift Ticket's body. Airway was Motor Viper body. Altitude was Slipstream's body. Drop Zone was Strato Viper. And Static Line was Backstop, which I don't even remember him. But um, yeah, so we've talked about those different lines before. But this one, I was always attracted to Joes that had like stuff. I felt like mm-hmm. you got bang for your buck when they came with like extra weapons or like uh or something almost like vehicle i remember one of the figures in like 91 or 92 was stalker and he came with his own like kayak i was like hey this is you're paying you know 250 or three bucks for this and you get a vehicle score Mm -hmm. and with these guys you got you know not just a cool figure and a gun but you got uh, a a vehicle (laughs) dropped by air so I wanted to throw in Sky Patrol. 
Yeah, the um to to go along with what you were saying, like that's like uh Transformers like Soundwave. Like that was the cool thing about Soundwave was he came with like the tapes or whatever. And so like mm-hmm. you, you had like extra Transformers and that kind of thing. So Yeah, bang for your buck, man. Yeah. It counted a lot when you were a kid and you only had three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Moving on to a classic. I always get whammo confused with blammo from <laughs> Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> from blammo. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be a summertime fun time toy list if we did not include the slip and slide. I'm sure everybody, when they saw the topic of this episode, they were like, oh, they're definitely going to be talking about slip and slide. And we are, because what rite of passage uh, for every kid would we not have if it weren't for slip and slide? Brian. You already mentioned that you had a slip and slide like toy for mm-hmm. your kids right now. Did you have a branded slip and slide as a kid? I never had one uh, because, like, I, I think I like certain places I live, certain kids had one, <laughs> and then um, when 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 I was a kid and lived in like when I lived in Key West, you could go to hotels, and when it would most hotels have like shuffleboard like areas like with like concrete and like usually it's very smooth on top. When it's raining outside, uh, they don't have, like, people in, like, the bar area outside. And so you can go back there and take out, like, they have, like, dish soap usually and squirt it all over the shuffleboard things. And so me and my cousins used to run and just, like, slide on all that kind of stuff. Uh, So you didn't need slip and slides back then. But uh, (laughs) I always thought slip and slides were awesome because uh, they just look like fun. Like, look at that commercial. Like, that was, like, the most fun thing ever. They're having a blast. The only disappointment is they're always shorter than you want them to be. Yes. Like, uh, they look big, but when you're riding them, you're like, well, that stunk. I only got to go like five feet. But mm-hmm. anyway, they're, they're still fun. Uh, surpri- I, in doing research for this episode, I was very surprised to learn exactly how old the slip and slide was. It was invented by Robert Carrier, released by Whammo, in 1961. So uh, they've been rocking the... Uh, the slip and slide for over 50 years now. Um, and interestingly enough, the creator, Carrier, he was a furniture upholsterer. And so the very first slip and slide he created was actually made out of Naga hide, which if you don't know what that is, that's like faux leather, um, kind of plasticky faux leather that he used to make furniture with. Um, but the... The company that bought it from him, Whammo, when they released it, they, of course, switched it to plastic. So it'd be a lot cheaper to produce um, to cut some costs. But um, interestingly enough, um, I did learn something for safety purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to have uh, proper safety here on the podcast. We want people to, to, to use caution. As tempting as it may be, if you're 40 plus <laughs> to get on a slip and slide with your kids, buyer beware danger um it's actually only recommended for kids because though you know adults weigh so much when you slam down to the ground like that you don't always slide 
it's it's a slip and splat for for a lot of adults. So a lot of injuries um, by teenagers and adults. But for kids, man, you know, 10, 11, 12 or younger, shh, go at it, man. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, we talked about summer camp stuff, and I I know one camp that I went to at one point. They had this like giant one, and I don't know where they got the material for it because it obviously wasn't like a real slip and slide because it was like. I mean, it went down a an entire hill and then like into like a lake or something, but um, but like I need to find something like that because this one that we have for the kids is way too short, and I would like to think that I would have a lot of fun on a really long one, but um, it's like uh, it's like Mr. Blick said, like, you know, the thing with slip and slides is you always got uh covered in like grass uh like like grass clippings and stuff clippings. like that yes yeah. and like my kids are totally going to get that because uh i have not been able to move the slip and slide that i have in my yard because it's full of water still and so i'm like waiting for somebody else to come over to my house to help me move it because <laughs> it is incredibly heavy and i can't unravel it and so the, um that one the slip I and slides around are, it <laughs> the slip and slides are just like those um are just like those kiddie pools that we we're talking about. Yeah. They always get the dirt and the mud and they're fun to play with. But then you look at it when you're done, and you're like, I don't <laughs> want to clean that up. I'd rather just throw it away and be done. <laughs> and so that's, what's good about what you're talking about. You can go to home Depot and get like vinyl sheeting and mm -hmm. just roll that thing out. And that's what people use. But the disadvantage to just doing that is that the slip and slides or a lot of the versions of slip and slides, you actually connected it to a hose and not just like splashed hose water on it right. because it had perforations that let the water come out, you know, and, and keep it saturated. So you got a, a good run and start and a good slide. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you mentioned you um, have some version of the slip and slide. And that's to say that slip and slide is the brand name and that's what we recognize it as. But there are a lot of imitators, some better than others. Check out a few of these. banana you can dash and splash on wet banana like billy you can dip and slip like ricky slippery wet fun for the whole gang could that be mom on wet banana yes <laughs> regular wet banana 25 feet long and the new wet banana super slide 30 feet long each sold separately wet banana super slide comes with 30 foot slide banana sprinkler and fastening hooks from koki Hey, hey, Brian, did, did you see that mom riding the wet banana? Yeah, she loved it. She was, she was <laughs> smiles abound. Um, the, uh, the great thing about that is it came with its own sprinkler. So like you were talking about with the vinyl things, how it's like perforated. That's all you need, man. You just get some of those, like, uh, the ones that like shoot like in a big arc or whatever and just lay mm -hmm. them out. And so that you have constant stream of water and that's, that was smart of them. And man, they, it was called the wet banana, but they, what they, what they almost, no, super slide or something. Yes. Uh, instead of slip and slide, but that's good. That's good confusion. Yeah. For people. Yeah. Uh, so I like that one. I hadn't heard about it before doing the research for this episode, but hey, man, that that commercial alone is great. Uh, let's look at another one. Looking cool, feeling hot. Wish you had a pool, but it's a, a long shot. Whoa, flash, slip and splash. Surfing and sliding in a splish splash. Slip and splash, what a bash. The gang's all here, the gang's all wet. Slip and splash. Yeah, 
slip and splash with plastic slide inflatable pool and surf sled. New from Whammo. So this was the deluxe slip and slide. This was by the same company, but it was the upgraded edition. It was the supreme luxury limo of slip and slides. Because not only did you get the slip and slide, you got the splash pool at the very end. Yes. And who doesn't want to splash into a giant pool at the end of a slip and slide? Yeah, that was that. So that was like the appealing thing for the one that we have is there is a pool at the end of it also, but it doesn't come with the nice, the nice pillowy air thing to yeah. like jump onto. Because my that's kids, the thing, when like, they're jumping on it, like it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that was cool seeing this commercial because I remembered, you know, I remembered the slip and slide with the pool at the end, but I did not remember that it came with a uh, a little raft to ride uh -huh. on and i think that's cool brace you for some impact plus it's just a, an extra bonus cool toy you may take it in the pool or whatever but um i'm guessing though most kids that have a slip and slide do not have a pool so um this was <laughs> meeting meeting a need one well, more and the, it's my favorite one yeah well so i will you know i think that that is super cool but i think this one is my favorite one no this is my favorite one. Oh. Hi, mate. What do you do when you see a crocodile? You run, you slide, you hit the pump, take a dive. It's Crocodile Mile, the great new water slide with splashdown pool. And the incredible boomerang bump that sends you flying. But watch out for the crocs. You run, you slide, you hit the pump, take a dive. Crocodile Mile, with boomerang bump and giant splashdown pool. New from Marshall. So the slip and splash leveled up, but Crocodile Mile is the king of the crop. Um, it does not have the little raft you ride on, but it's got crocodiles and a commercial with a bumping song and a tide of Crocodile Dundee, if you wanted it to be that way imagined. So yeah. what's better than Crocodile Mile? Oh, dude, and it has, like, the surprise. Like, you get the prestige because, like, you slide down the thing and then you go through the crocodile into the pool. And so, like, you never know what's going what's on the other side of that curtain. <laughs> the, the key here is the boomerang bump, which yeah. doesn't get enough prestige. But, you know, being launched into the air before you crash down into a pool of water, that was genius marketing, whoever thought of that. If you watched that commercial and didn't want a... Uh, crocodile mile you there was something wrong with you yeah it was so, it was the 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 dream of uh, of every child uh, every summer uh, as long as they were making those I, and i wonder i wonder if they still make those I, i'm sure that company wouldn't do it but surely like hasbro or somebody has bought the rights to crocodile mile because it was so iconic back then yeah I wonder. They should release it now, um, especially yeah. with that bumping song. But mm -hmm. so that kind of wraps up our our slip and slide tribute for all those great slip and slides out there. Something fun and summery and wet and wild, and so much fun. And now we're going to transition to Brian's much less fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is much less fun, and and so I'm going to um I don't have a cool commercial to play during this, and so I was like, oh, this will be great. This will give me a chance to do some awesome foley work, and uh, and so I want you to hear what's going on, but. I forgot to bring some Velcro, so I'm going to do it all with my mouth. <laughs> so oh, no. it might sound a little wetter than, than Velcro, but 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so picture this. I'm going to paint a picture in your mind with 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 my mouth. Okay, here we go. So, um, you, you're outside <laughs> with your friends or maybe your parents, and you hear like. <sighs> All right, so my next awesome summer thing is the Velcro catch game. <laughs> so this is this you is in a, line. Go ahead. What you picked say? a toy so whack that it doesn't even have a name. <laughs> well, uh, in in looking up stuff for this episode, I I found out that some people apparently call it Snatch. Um, but, uh, I have never heard it called that, but you know, every, everybody had one of these toys, uh, and, and, uh, basically what it is, is it's uh, for, for those of us that aren't watching, uh, you know, it's that big plate that you stuck to your hand and the other side's all Velcro and you have a tennis ball and you throw it back. And of course they were all neon green and neon pink. Uh, and the crazy thing is, is they still make this stuff today. And it's still those colors, but like those colors are super nineties to me. And so, um, I, man, everybody had this. It was, you always saw people playing with them at the beach. Um, it was okay for you to play with it in the backyard. Uh, but this eventually would turn into something that you just played with in your room because you'd set up one of the paddles as a target and just like throw the ball at it over time. Yeah. Uh in all fairness, I did have one of these. Mm -hmm. However, I would not have put it on the same pedestal that you did. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was a culture thing for your region. Uh, maybe it was a big thing where you lived, but no, it was just one of those things where like you got it in like a stocking stuffer or, you know, part of a birthday gift, not the whole birthday gift, but like mm -hmm. part of a gift. Um, or, or just like something you pick up at the beach when you go to the grocery store and your parents are getting food and stuff, and you're like, oh, look at this $5 toy. Can I get this for the beach? Sure, <laughs> you can get that. So, yeah, in all fairness, I did have one. It was enjoyable, um, but it's, I don't know, man. It's no slip and slide. It's not a slip and slide, but you could play with this on the slip and slide. How fun would that be? Like what? sliding down with the both, you have both paddles on your hands, sliding down and people are throwing balls at you. That would be great. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, you know, the crazy thing about this toy to me is basically what it does is it takes a simple game of playing catch and it makes it more difficult. Cause now you have plates of Velcro attached to your hand. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like, it was bad because it, a lot of times it would just bounce off and stuff. But, uh, when I was looking up stuff on this, cause I was trying to find a name, I was trying to find something, uh, that, that I could call it. And people, um, in all the advertisements for it, it talked about how it helps, uh, young children develop fine motor skills uh, because they can't catch the ball with their own hands. And so the, now they're catching it with a paddle. Uh, and I think it does the opposite. I think it makes it harder. Like if I was going to teach someone how to catch something, I want to throw it at them so they understand how to use their hands and not a plate. <laughs> so, Well, this is baby steps, Brian. This is baby steps. I guess. Um, it, Hey, it's, it's worthy of a place in our history. And I'm glad that you mentioned it. Cause I actually had totally forgotten about it. So <laughs> next time I go to the beach, I'm going to have to pick up a set of the cleverly titled Velcro catch game. <laughs> <laughs> fast tracks, the fast
fastest radio-controlled tracked vehicle in the world with rechargeable 9.6-speed turbo power. Nothing else comes close. Turbo Fast Tracks and Fast Tracks Pickup, only from Tyco. Battery pack required, each sold separately. 9.6-speed Turbo Bandits, radio-controlled pickups with a bad attitude, and rechargeable 9.6-speed Turbo, rip-roaring high-flying bandits. Yahoo! 9.6-speed Turbo Bandits, battery sold separately. All right, how's that for a little bit more excitement, a little more fast-paced <laughs> fun with the Tyco RC cars, specifically the Fast Tracks car. Um, radio control cars have been around for a while, but man, Tyco, they had uh, the, the, all, they were pushing all the right buttons and had the pedal to the metal with stuff like Fast Tracks. Did you have a Fast Tracks, Brian? Uh, I did have a fast track. And, you know, the thing that makes fast tracks is, is exciting is that 9V battery, boy. <laughs> yeah, I love how the 9.6V like turbo. Yeah, that's such a huge selling point. Uh, but, yeah, fast tracks were cool because um, you could go over any surface with them. You know, it didn't have to, it could be like soft sand or, or carpet and stuff like that. It didn't have to be. Uh, we had we had shag carpeting in my house, and sometimes that would get caught up in tires on certain uh, remote control cars. So, well, you should have gotten the Tyco hovercraft for that. Do you know they made oh. a hovercraft? I don't remember the hovercraft. I do remember. Uh, I don't remember who made it, but that one that like the wheels were big enough that you could like flip it over and they, and keep going and stuff like that. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Well, before we talk a little bit more about the fast tracks in particular, a little history on the Tyco company. Um, so, fast tracks was released by Tyco in the United States, but it was actually um, built and created in Japan by a company called Tayo, no relation to Tyco. Um, it's kind of like how Transformers were first made in Japan and then Hasbro bought up the rights and, and released them as something else. But um, yeah, so they were around for a while. Um, Tyco is actually the name for Tyler Company, T-Y-C-O, founded by John Tyler. Um, he originally created a uh, company called Mantua Metal Products in 1926 to make die-cast toys. And then in 1957 was when they released uh, their first toys train sets using the name Tyco. And so a lot of people, I mean, they, they used Tyco for making trains for a, a long, long, long time. Um, but they finally moved into making cars. And um, I want to say this was released in 1990 uh, for the Fast Tracks car. And um, they were kind of looked down on by real RC car enthusiasts because part of the appeal of RC cars is like you're able to customize them and you're able to, you know, put the right gears in and put the right power in and put the tires on and all this kind of stuff. And these were just packaged out of the box ready to go. So they were as popular as they were. Um, the true RC car snobs um, thumbed their nose at them for the most part. But they were definitely very, very popular. So uh, in a book, FAO Schwartz, Toys for a Lifetime, Enhancing Childhood Through Play, made in 1999, uh, Fast Tracks is mentioned as one of the highest selling RC vehicles of all time. So not just RC cars, but Fast Tracks in particular. Mm -hmm. And um, part of the appeal of this is like you mentioned, Brian, is that they could pretty much go anywhere. They were like, if you're not able to watch the video, they're like tank tracks on a car. And that made them going across land, going across the road, pretty unique. And it also made their controls really unique, too, because you were dealing with tank controls instead of regular RC cars. Did your friends have this? 
man, th back then there were so many RC car, and I, I never had any of the, like, custom, like, the, the ones that you put together yourself and stuff, but um, I had multiple, like, I remember one of my favorite ones was not one of these, it was a Bigfoot one, because Bigfoot was awesome back then, um, but the, uh, but, you know, there were so many of these. I feel like Radio Shack sold these also. They sold so many different remote control cars. Yeah, Radio Shack sold a lot of RC stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if they sold these too. Um, so you you mentioned that the the appeal was they really put the hard sell on the 9.6 D <laughs> turbo power, and it's so funny because as a kid you have no concept of anything and they they just say that and it's exciting. But like mm -hmm. 9.6 volts, that's like whatever. <laughs> no big deal. Who cares? And those things, one of the things I remember, so I'll, I never had one. I had a friend who had one. He had a neon green fast tracks mm -hmm. and that thing was great. And it was so fun to drive, but you had to charge the battery for like eight hours to get like 15 minutes of play. And so the real bosses, they all had extra battery packs so you could just go ahead and have some charge and ready to go because if otherwise you were limited to like 10 15 minutes and then you were back in the house trying to charge it again for the next day yeah i feel but, bad for my kids because they have like a hot wheel style thing that they drive around and it's like that like the battery on it only lasts for like maybe an hour and you know to be fair like my oldest daughter is kind of too old for it but and so like because of that like i guess the weight from her like makes the battery die faster but um, mm. it's funny because she's the only one that likes driving it now. Uh, my youngest daughter doesn't even go out and, and ride in it, but I, I feel like I need to buy another battery just to solve that issue. But Well, this, these stay popular. Um, you can buy a used one for $120 on eBay. Um, new in box is really hard to find. Um, but there's a lot of versions too. So this is, this proved really, really popular in more than just, uh, the original version they made different sequels they had the mini fast tracks which is smaller they had super fast tracks which if you can imagine is larger and 7.2 point uh, volt battery powered fast tracks pickup and fast tracks eliminator those were both pickup style trucks half tracks which was a combination of tracked wheels and regular wheels and then the max tracks so this one, man, it was like a brand in and of itself. And you were not cool if you didn't have one. And I yeah. was not cool. <laughs> well, hopefully you're solving that issue for your children because you want them to be the coolest kids in school. So I assume that's the that most you, important thing for me. Yes. Yeah. You, you got them both one of these, right? Uh, yeah. I, I clicked buy on the $300 one on eBay just a minute ago. Nice. No, I did not. <laughs> because so here's the other problem about these things. They were so fast as compared to other cars that you weren't – it was hard to control them almost because you had the different style um, remote control. You were doing the tank control, so you had left and right controls for the treads. So you'd have mm -hmm. to push both sticks up to go forward all the way and, and, and maneuver that way instead of just what was previous, which was just turning a wheel. Right. Um, turning a wheel, you could just control the, the front axle left or right. That was easy to do. This one took a little learning curve. And I can't tell you how many times we had to go down into the storm drain to retrieve this car. I'm very glad that I hadn't watched it at that point <laughs> in my life because I would I would have just said, sorry, dude, <laughs> your RC car is screwed. I'm never going down that storm drain.
you missed out, man. Like you could, you and your friends could have hung out in that in that storm drain and like done all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that brave, man. I I wasn't a cool kid like you. I was, <laughs> I was a tag along. But, well, these are, these were fun, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it was hard to stick away from toys that weren't just water toys. And we had to have some stuff left in reserve for maybe when we go to the beach later for a future episode or to the pool or something fun like that. But mm-hmm. um, for those of you listening or, or watching, would love to hear some of your favorite summertime toys, especially ones that are a little bit more non-traditional. Was there a specific memory you had in mind um, when you thought of a summertime toy? Love to hear those. Um, as I mentioned previously, we're going to have more summertime, fun time episodes coming up this summer. And next week, um, same bat time, same bat channel, Tuesday, Twitch at 10, and then releasing the podcast recording on Wednesday. Um, we're going to be having a special rad movie themed episode and be giving away the newly released Blu-ray of the BMX Treasure Trove rad. So stick around for that. Um, Brian, anything else to add before we close out the show? No. Um, you know, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, hit us up at waybackattackshow at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at B.E. Grantham. You can find Preston at Squared Stiff. And the show is at wayback underscore attack on Twitter. Uh, so hit us up. You know, um, we love getting emails. We, we read all of them. And, uh, the uh, you know, a lot of people have... Let us know about some of their favorite shows and the things that we talked about and the things that um, they think that we missed out on. So, yeah, like like Preston said, make sure you reach out and, and let us know that stuff because we love hearing from you. So, Well, it's always fun hanging out. I look forward to this day every week, and uh, we hope you look forward to it too. So thanks for listening or watching, and we will see you next time. <laughs>